0: This is the Big Pond.
1: I'm Carol Zimmer, a reporter from New York, and I'm on my way to WUWM, the public radio station in Milwaukee. It's my first visit to the city.
2: This is like effect. I'm Mitch Tite, and I'm Bonnie North.
1: Bonnie North has lived in Milwaukee for 12 years. She also lived in Germany for three, and she's agreed to help me find my way around the German community here.
2: Milwaukee is historically such a German city. It was founded by German businessmen and, you know, people doing import and export. I mean, I'm not from here, so I I came to it not knowing the history, other than knowing that there were a lot of beer makers here, and those were German.
1: I asked North if she notices a difference in the way people now relate to German culture and the
2: way they connected to it when
1: she first came to live
2: in milwaukee milwaukee was such a strong german lutheran community where friends of mine who are my age i'm 60 grew up speaking german at home going to lutheran services in german and then starting in the 60s as demographics changed other people's moved in and the congregation fell away we're we're much more multicultural now you know it's a it's a much more diverse place than it used to be
1: there are still fish fries on Fridays and Milwaukee is still known for the brewing traditions that began with German immigrants who started arriving here in the mid-1800s now all the big breweries like Pabst Miller and Blatt's are either gone or owned by other companies but beer still does play a part in the life of Milwaukee I'm at the Lakefront Brewery, one of 31 craft breweries in Milwaukee, eating my first fried cheese curd, one of the city's celebrated comfort foods. Bonnie North has introduced me to historian John Gerda, who's been studying the city for 46 years. Gerda points out that in the 1840s, more than 1,000 German immigrants arrived in Milwaukee every week. And by the 1850s, over a third of the city's population was German.
3: The simple answer to why Germans arrived here is that it was a matter of timing, pure and simple. Milwaukee and Wisconsin opened a settlement at precisely the time mass emigration from Europe was getting into high gear. So this was the urban opportunity and the people who were coming were German.
1: But Goethe says despite the fact that Milwaukee is known for the brewing traditions that began with German immigrants, beer was not the product that fueled Milwaukee's economy.
3: There's only one year, and that was 1890, when beer was Milwaukee's most important product. That's it. So ever since, until the more recent past, it was durable goods, uh, especially metal bending. Everything from farm tractors to Harley-Davidson's to mining equipment.
1: After paying the check, Gerda and I head for a neighborhood famous in the history of the German community in Milwaukee.
3: Okay, we're in Brewers Hill, and it's a neighborhood just north of downtown. It's among the oldest in Milwaukee, and a lot of the houses here go back to the, as early as the 1860s. So Brewers Hill is the area where the The first Germans settled in large numbers. Early on, it was always on the west side of the Milwaukee River, which is where we are. And they lived here to be close to work in the shops along the Milwaukee River and the manufacturing shops and the retail shops over here on 3rd Street. And 3rd Street was the most German commercial district and the most German neighborhood and the most German city in America.
1: Then I head to Milwaukee's Lower East Side. How many floors is this? Three. Three floors of this beautiful old stone mansion. 74-year-old Carl Muller is showing me around the 19th century stone mansion. That's the home of Muller Communications, the public relations agency he founded that represents the Milwaukee Brewers and other high-profile clients. Muller's parents, who were German immigrants, spoke German at home and raised Carl and his four siblings on the north side of the city. Muller says it wasn't always easy growing up in Milwaukee in the 1940s.
0: Being called names like you little Nazi, there was also just a huge influx of immigrants from Europe. So being called a DP, displaced person, I remember being called that because I still struggled with English when I was in grade school.
1: But Muller also says he's proud of his family.
0: My dad was a labor socialist and part of the movement that elected mayors, city councilmen, congressmen. And the Socialist Party had strong roots in Milwaukee and Wisconsin for well over 50 years.
1: Muller points out his father's political alliance helped Milwaukee become the first and only major U.S. city to elect three socialist mayors. And he says he's glad that Milwaukee is now a more diverse city. Muller's 38-year-old daughter, Kirsten, who works at her father's firm, also appreciates Milwaukee's diversity. But Kirsten says she's glad her dad sent her to a German school when she was growing up. I had choir, I had
3: dance group, and we have a cabin at a park that's all German families, and so it was normal for me to speak German, not just at school, but at home and with my best friend, you know, running
1: around in the parks. And Kirsten says she still cooks her grandmother's
3: recipes. Spätzle, I love spätzle. We have her sauerkraut recipe, her pickles. That's just sort of part of the family now.
1: And when it comes to the arts... Work that was created in Germany has been highlighted in
3: Milwaukee. in
1: This year, the Milwaukee Film Festival featured films like this production called Western about a group of German construction workers. It appeared in a special section called Das Kino, a celebration of new German cinema. Jonathan Jackson is the artistic director of the festival.
3: Milwaukee is known as a city of festivals. And that comes from the idea of Oktoberfest and the history of summer festivals throughout Germany. That's made an imprint in the culture of Milwaukee where all summer long you'll have festivals of many different cultural backgrounds, ethnicities, nationalities. And the film festival, which was just created 10 years ago, was definitely inspired by that history. And we try to leverage that beyond that German cinema today is incredibly strong. There is a a lot of investment, a lot of government investment, in supporting emerging and new voices in German cinema.
1: After Jackson shows me around the ornate Oriental Theater where the film festival is underway, I get in my rented Volkswagen Jetta, plug in Google Maps and drive to Menominee Falls to meet Frank Schmitz and sit in on a rehearsal of the Milwaukee Liederkranz, which was founded more than 100 years ago. It's one of a declining number of German zither societies, cultural clubs, and singing groups. Schmitz is raising a cup of Jägermeister before rehearsals begin for an upcoming singing competition. He says he's very aware of his heritage.
0: Grandpa came from Biedelbrunn, it's a very little village, a Dorf, we call it in German, in Baden-Württemberg. That's the apple state of Germany. That's right next to Bavaria. We're right next to the Black Forest. Most people heard of the Black Forest because of the cuckoo clocks. I've got about 23 cuckoo clocks in my house.
1: Schmitz, a retired teacher and school principal, says his German identity plays a big part in his life.
0: Right now, that's almost my whole life, is the German community.
1: Schmidt says many Germans here still identify with the regions their families came from, like Pomerania and Swabia. The 84-year-old Schmidt says his identity is bigger than that.
0: I'm proud to be an American, but I'm proud of my roots. I told my undertaker already, when I die, on one side of me, you lay the Austrian flag, on the other side, the German flag, and over the body of the, than the American flag, because I am an American, but I'm proud of where I came from.
1: So is 92-year-old Walter Grice, the oldest member of the chorus. Schmitz introduces me to Grice when we walk back into the room where the men continue to gather for rehearsal. Grice's parents emigrated from Germany and raised their four sons in Milwaukee. But like Carl Muller, whom you heard from earlier, Grice has memories of World War II that he will never forget, like the night of December 9th, 1941.
0: There's a knock on the door at one o'clock in the morning. My brother was up. He was a student, college student, doing homework. And uh, he answered the door, and we want to see your father. So he woke up, my mother and my dad, and they came up and they said, we want your dad to come with us downtown. Who are you? Well, we're FBI agents. And the war was on.
1: Grice says his father was detained in Bismarck, North Dakota, for more than three years, leaving his mother to support Grice and his brothers. Grice, who enrolled in the Merchant Marine, says he and his siblings often felt helpless.
0: What could I do? I went to visit him, internment lodge in Bismarck, North Dakota. 3,000 guys are all locked up, and the worst part was that these were all technical people. They were engineers, and they were artists for the background, for movies, you know. There were tons of those guys.
1: Grice says even today, many people don't know that Germans, like Japanese residents of the U.S., were sent to internment camps. He says his family doesn't want reparations, but it would like an apology, though... You do have to let bygones be bygones. The members of the chorus take their seats and open the pages of their songbooks. Conductor Steve Joval raises his hand, and rehearsal begins. This is Carol Zimmer, a reporter from New York, visiting Milwaukee for The Big Pond.
3: Wunderbar
0: together. You've been listening to The Big Pond, a series of dialogues between Germans and Americans, coming to you from PRX and the goethe Institute.